What's up? Katlao Charlie here, and this is a theater maker in Mzanzi. This is my monthly podcast where I'm going to be sitting down with all the coolest theater makers in the game today. I want to talk to them about their process, their politics, and their audiences, amongst a bunch of other things. I also want to talk to you about this thing that we call art that we love so much. Anyway, without uh, much uh, further ado, let's do this. So this week, guess who I'm talking to? I told you last week it had something to do with color, right? So when you think theater and you think color, who comes to mind but the amazing Kucho Green. Kucho Green is an amazing director, actress, and physical theater practitioner in addition to being a really dope activist. She completed her honors degree in the dramatic arts at Witwatersrand University in 2007 where she majored in physical theater, writing, and performance. There's not enough time to read through everything that Kucho's done, otherwise that would be an entire episode on its own. But just to bring you into some of her achievements in the theater, in 2018, she won an Aledi Theater Award for Best Supporting Actress for her performance in Tartuf. And we touch a little bit on this performance in this episode, or the next one, or the one after that. You'll just have to listen to find out. In 2015, Zetu who played in Have You Seen Zandile, won an award for Best Breakthrough Actress under the direction of Kucho Green. And the same production was nominated for five Naledi Theatre Awards. In 2015, Animal Farm, directed by Neil Coppen, of which Kucho Green was a part. And just to go back to Tartuf, that was directed by Sylvain Strike. Um, Coming back to Animal Farm, Animal Farm was awarded for two Naledi Theatre Awards, that being Best Ensemble and Best Production for Young Audiences. And probably one of the more um, illustrious works that we know Kucho for, if you've known her that long, a work that she did in 2013, Gina Schmuckler's The Line, which won her an Naledi Theatre Award for Best Performance by a Lead Actress. And then we also had the Justice Cameron Award for Human Rights and Social Justice, in which uh, Kucho won an award in 2014 for her work in human rights activism. She's directed uh, Little Red Riding Hood and the Big Bad Metaphors by Mac Van Hran, of which I was a part. And this went to the Hilton Festival in Durban. It went to the Kopanung Festival at the University of Pretoria and also went to Botswana for the Mighty Song Festival. She directed How to Crack a Coconut in collaboration with the Market Lab students and the Pop Art in 2019. She directed the Eulogy as part of Red Fest in 2018. The Mind of Her as part of the UJ Youth Arts Festival. Mirage performed by Dino Lusenga at Pop Art in the Olive Tree in 2018. The three productions that I've just mentioned have been in 2018 and 2019. She also directed Cochira, performed by Tristan Jacobs at the Pop Art Theatre in 2017. Talk to Me, a new South African musical performed by Nicholas Nkuna and Pumlani Rambwana at the Space.com in Joburg 2017. Uh, Cochira at 2016 National Arts Festival. Every Beautiful Thing by John Keevy for NAF 2016. And let's just end it 
there on the bio side of things. Let's get into the conversation with Kucho Green, bearing in mind that here we're talking to someone who's been in the game for quite a while. So you would do best to get a pen and paper ready for this dope, dope, dope engagement. Without any further ado, let's do this. So tell me about the line. The line? Yes. Sure. What do you want to know about this? Alright. So you won an award for that one? Yeah. It was... I, I was reading about Gina Schmuckland. She said that was probably one of the best works that she's ever worked on. Um, what was it like being in Joburg during the time of making the play? Like, did your research ever go out into the streets? and? Because it was about the xenophobic, the xenophobic attacks, right? So, what was that whole process like? So, I mean, it was about the xenophobic attacks in 20, 2008, sure, right? So, sure. and we did the piece much later, right? And her research happened maybe two years later after the xenophobic attacks. Um, but I think she got a hold of Nadine Hutton, who was the photographer at the time and who witnessed, you know. So she's got that photo with the guys, the guy with the burning eyes. Um, How's that process for you? So, so my recollection of the 2000 of 2008, I wasn't here. I was in Pretoria, right? Um, so I didn't interact or come close to the attacks you know they were not as visceral as the 2015 ones yeah um so what she did because it was verbatim theater she with the interviews that she collated obviously then um, selected what the what what which interviews that she wanted to focus on which had a particular threat right because she had a question for her master's uh, thesis um so we sat with the recordings in our ears for a month um for our specific characters oh well <laughs> my many specific characters yeah. Diaby had one, um, well she had two actually, she was Nadine Hudson and the interviewer, um, and Gina herself, um, yeah it was quite something, uh, I think that's the first place I actually learned how to really debrief as an actor. What do you mean? Um, I mean, because we don't get taught how to debrief, you know, at school. Sure. You're just expected to... Know. You know, know. How to come back into yourself. Yeah. Um, how to find yourself back again. Uh, so, that's where I kind of understood what brings me back, back. to myself. Mm-hmm. Are you comfortable sharing what that is? Oh, it's just music and a bath. <laughs> okay, okay, sure, sure. I mean, um, people are personal about these yeah, things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I also, I also found that that process, I wrote um, reflection letters to the characters. Mm. You know. Did you send um, them to them, or was no, it just no, for no, you? No, 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 just for me. Sure. Just for me. Sure. Um, I can, Gina says that the characters, Elise, especially Elise, came to a performance, but I didn't get to see her, and I don't think I wanted to see her. Um, Why? I 
don't know. It was I, like I would have appreciated seeing her after the entire process, you know, not during the process. Because, hey, putting face to what you've heard, ah, man. And we're not just talking about things that have been fictionalized. This is like a story. Yeah. This is the bait, and this is word for word. This woman accounting what happened and how she navigated that space and what she remembers and you know you can imagine the stuff that she left out and so I was just like I know Mona maybe when everything is done all all said and done and that's why debriefing became very important yeah yeah sure and have you met her no because I mean we're trying we're thinking of bringing her back this year so like it's not done. The line is not done. And um, I think it'll take a while for it to be done, you know, for it to be irrelevant. Yeah, I just can't imagine. Like, I'm so sorry. I'm, yeah. And you know, and, and you don't know how people have dealt or are healing or are still going through the process of healing. Suddenly you're coming and whether she's going to feel pitied or, you know, you just, I don't want to. I don't want to traverse that space. So now, unlike unlike Nadine, right? Okay, yeah. Who literally, this is the most incredible moment to witness. We in Grahamstown now. like by the time we're in Grahamstown, Nadine Hutton is no more. She's basically transitioned into Dean Hutton, right? Who identifies as male. So she comes. He comes at the time to, to he now. He comes. Uh, to the long table and says to Gabby, Gabby, I want you to continue holding Lady, you know, for what she is and for who she is and for what she was in um, in South African photography, photog- photographic space, you know. I release her. I um, I'm no longer her, and so I give her. And I and I leave her in your custody, sure. you know? I like Jeez, like it man. That was that was quite something. Sure. So he he didn't mind having his story portrayed in that way. At the time as Nadine, of yeah. course she did it. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And later because he doesn't identify as Nadine anymore. anymore. Yeah, he was just like, have her. So, I wanted to ask, since, I don't know, at which point did your your own work now, and I suspect it may have affected the choices that you made and what you want to be in, be in and make, at which point did you start taking an activist approach to your artistic choices. Oh my gosh, it was way before then. It was in 2007 when I came across an article about these women who were being trafficked in um, Bloemfontein. And uh, I don't know how. I don't know how, but it was... So 2008 was the worst year of my life, you know, in in the sense that there was no um, uh, acting work, right? So you just graduated and you're like... Aha, yeah, that dry season just after... I thought I was going to be a star! (laughs) (laughs) So I came across this article and at the same time, um, I I don't know how, I can't tell you. I think 
think I just saw some way like an application to, you know, what was it? What was it? So I was just looking for a job. Okay. Let me just say that. I was so, looking for a job, so, right? Um, I came across uh, an application called World Hope SA. World Hope SA. Yeah. Okay. And it was just serendipitous that they were dealing with anti-trafficking. And I just read this article. And it's funny because like um, uh, Toby and I have been speaking about wanting to dramatize the article that we just read, okay. right? Yeah. Um, because we were both at the, at the, at the time like, oh, what do we do? Where do we go? What, 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 what happens to us now, you know? So we're like, no, let's direct this piece together. And then got the job, moved back, back home to Pretoria and um, worked at World Hope for like nine months. Every three months, kept dying, kept emailing my mother that I'm dying here. Um, but at least I got to travel the country sure, too. Um, sure. So that's where that's my activist. That's where like she started coming out. Um, but cemented within the performance space was when I wrote a piece, and then got uh, 2011 did was part of the Six Actually Festival at Wits, uh, part of the Drama for Life department, and. Yeah, revolution between my thighs was born. Um, then Warren said, "Come and do your masters." Um, and I'm like, "And what? That was never in the plans. Like, what are you talking about?" Sure, sure. Um, <laughs> it's like, no, try to find like you know your activism. Yeah. Maybe you know infused in the education sector, uh, you could perhaps highlight you know the severity of the, the pandemic. And maybe find ways to bring back access like, education that used to be in schools, but no more, right? Because it's just, you get taught just about the reproductive system and yeah. not necessarily Sexuality. things around yeah. sex, yeah. you know? Yeah. So yeah, then I went down the rabbit hole, man, and sure. What found you? What you found you in the rabbit hole? No, it's what I found in what the rabbit hole. What did you find in the rabbit hole? Sure. Yeah. So whilst doing my masters, finding out that a lot of your fairy tale stories come from quite a dark place um, of subtle trafficking, you know, um, and like rape and misogyny, and a lot of these writers were men who, yeah, were from very dark spaces, and then it kind of led me to like same gender-based violence. So I was looking at the characters of the stepmothers and the princesses, you know, mm-hmm. and how, like, how, how, how did that become a perpetual sort of behavior? You know, where did that come from? Because often you're used to the male, female, like, you know, dynamics, but like, how does a maternal figure? feminine figure turn on its own, you know? Yeah, and then I kind of distilled everything that I was looking at into, so my question then became, how do we characterize violence in performance spaces? So I was looking at violence as a character, and and in 2015, that's when the 2015 um, xenophobic attacks broke out. And so I was, Kind of pushed to investigate violence and the ways in which we witness violence 
um, which is another practical question that I yeah interrogated. So are you ready? I am you. The twelve. Of course. Of course. Yeah, challenge. <laughs> no, actually, ish. I have a little bit of apprehension. Um, How's that process been? That process is it's dope. It's cool working with Zinkita again. Mm. Um, seeing how she's grown mm. and changed in her approach to the work. Yeah. Uh, how she's become more comfortable in the choices that she she makes in yeah. trying things, in getting rid of things, in yeah, just. Yeah, how she's growing into her own as a director. Awesome. So that's that's just amazing. What is the other work you worked with her? Okay. Um, she bellows. Before she bellows was an all female. Was an all female cast. cast. Yeah, okay, yeah. I've a, only seen that. So that had like a two year life of having a male dollmaster, mm. and then as a result of circumstances and redirecting the vision things then emanated in an all-female cult mm. and i think the message became even clearer and stronger mm. as a result of that um so yeah coming back up so you were the doll master i was the doll master oh wow yeah i was the original doll master if you search in the archives <laughs> you'll see a skinny me with short hair ask yourself what happened yeah to what happened hey man yeah okay so knowledge fattened you up oh i wish it was that way <laughs> That means I can't get rid of this weight then. Why no, you're not. <laughs> With all those books in your hair? Oh my gosh. Actually, no way. They couldn't like all sit there. They had to so go somewhere like, else. They're, they're now in those my thighs. Words. Those words. Those words have to go somewhere else. The words are in my thighs. Listen, yeah. Okay. Okay. Mm-mm. All right. I need, I need to write a bit more then. Maybe I'll lose. Mm. I'll lose some words. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's it. So tell me again. That's the answer. How did you get into the arts? All I knew was... I was not built for the office. There's no way I'm ending up in the office. So what are all the other occupations where someone does not have to... I, I just wanted my life to be in the sky, right? That's all I knew. Um, and that's after... Like, you know, when you have career day equals Colombo. Yeah. Um, there was a helicopter. <coughs> okay. On the field. And I'm like, can we go into that thing? And I guess you most definitely can. And it, uh, the Watlu Aviation School yeah. was there. Okay. Um, and I'm like, this is what I want to do after, like, you know, that one ride. And so at some point, he's like, okay, do you want to take the controls? And I'm like, are you kidding me? Like, are you sure? And he's like, yeah, go for it. Did you fly? Yeah. Really? I can you fly with somebody. Oh, so okay. once he's already, yeah. already up there, yeah. then they give you the controls. Um, what did that feel like? That was incredible. Yeah. It was absolutely amazing. It is, was there, is there anywhere else you feel like you feel that experience? Is there anywhere else I feel like that? Hmm. Hmm. Uh, so for 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 different reasons, a show like The Lion and a show like Animal Farm mm. made me feel like. Mm. Yeah. You know how you got Just being petrified and like, oh, it's the lion, yeah. you know, but yeah. the the sheer joy and freedom that's like Animal Farm and just. Was that the first time you worked with Neil? That was the first time I worked with Neil. How was that entire experience? That was sure. In 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 all my career, like well, the very short career that I have. <laughs> ah! 
Um, I feel like every time you have to send a bio, you have to decide where do I start. Okay. Uh, which period, you know, can I get? All right. Yeah. All right. Let's edit it so that it's in a word count that would be interesting. I'll start in 2015. Yeah. Like a thousand things I've done since then. Before then, hey, like, yo, when people don't know, just how far Jeff and I come. Sure. I'm just thinking about when they came. So we. Rehearse at my place, at my um, at um, at this cottage, which is just so yeah amazing. We had space, Dudu and I. That's, yeah. that's thing with Dudu. That space and like the lounge areas where we we launched um and rehearsed. Uh, okay. Yeah, yeah, I got Jeff. Yes. And the Vuga actor thing like started way back, mm. you know. Mm. Nyaniso would come, so he would stay with Jeff. For the weekend, Nani so bad na bona. What about later? Nani so Jeff, Sakile. When Lily and um, Chris could come through, you know, they they did. They pulled through. What year was this? <laughs> sure, this must have been uh, 2009. I was in the trip in 2009. This is 2009. Wow. The Rebuga, wow. guys. Wow. Wow. Rebuga? Yeah. And then we, like, okay, but we're eating at your place, you yeah. know? Yeah. Mix up, mm. sleep over. Mm. It was just the most incredible experience. What did, what did that period I... do for your career overall? It cemented somewhat or started building brick for brick the home that is now a theater for me you know um or rather acting you know, um or the arts mm. but it's cemented that i i belong yeah mm. I, I i really do belong mm. and 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 perhaps that i'm chosen mm. for it um even though the choosing from my side you know happens over time that the choosing wasn't as like, yeah, not for sure. Because yeah. there were moments I was just like, hey, maybe this maybe is this isn't for me. Like, you know, mm. go find something else because you can as well. So what, what made you stay in that moment? <laughs> like nothing, I can't say there's one specific thing because I still feel at some point, you know, like certain things happen, so especially like with this television. So my television stream experience, sometimes makes me feel like I should just leave the stuff, mm, you know? Mm, Especially the politics mm, and the mm. and the ways the way things are unfolding in the industry. I'm just like, oh, I'm so sick and tired of like the aesthetic of it all, you know? Um the expectations that are inherent in it that seem so insurmountable in terms of changing them, you know, that they are quite hard like they set, man. You know, when you talk about colorism, when you talk about sure. uh, the look yeah. of, you know, yeah. females, and it's just, it's, it's really disheartening. So sure. sometimes I, I feel like I should just bounce, bounce, yeah. and, you know, yeah. what go to Cambodia and uh, fly, fly planes. No, um, I, I. I do want to go to Cambodia and continue my activism work, um, my anti-trafficking and women's work. Mm-hmm. So 
I think for a period of time I am going to be doing that. Mm. Yeah, go to Asia and just see what we can do, mm. um, and see how I can support and help the work that's already happening. Yeah, you know? yeah. Um, so, because I feel saturated. Mm. This industry is brutal, both on the theater side as well as the um, television and film side. It's it's brutal, and I need a break. And I've been singing the song for some time now, for maybe the past two years. I need a break. I need to. Oh, I need to. I need to. I need to plug out. Yeah. Yeah. Can you describe like? I need to plug out. What do you mean by it's brutal? Like in your experience. The politics. Yeah. The gatekeeping, yeah. uh, you know, inaccessibility to certain things, mm-hmm. um, the inability for people to actually share resources yeah. and information. Yeah. I don't get how the rest of us are meant to feel empowered or feel like we're moving in the right direction, supporting to ourselves, yeah. whatever. Sure. Um, if there is no platform to receive that kind of information yeah. and access yeah so access and politics yeah are real things yeah sure yeah and you get tired of fighting yeah you get tired i'm tired sure. <laughs> i'm tired so i'd rather fight in spaces that i know that there is a tangible change you know um this one is fickle this one is a bit frivolous this one is um because we, we tend to be all talk, but collective action is not a thing. Yeah. So, um, yeah, collective action is not a thing. Um, and I don't believe in the armchair kind of social activism we had yeah. on social media. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, I'm just like, yeah. okay, you're arm, armchair intellectuals, and then what? You yeah. Know? So, yeah. great in the comment sections. Totally. Sure. Totally. Sure. Um, and we, we were we wax lyrical, you know, about the philosophies and the oh, just like yeah, but actually like where is it? And everybody's looking out out for themselves and yes. it's also valid. Yeah. It's valid. Sure. So like when you're on set and there's some sexual harassment thing going on and you're like, you know, you speak to somebody, another, you know, female colleague and perhaps the same incident has happened to them and you wanna take it up. And they're like, nope, babes, it's fine. Mm, nope, because I mean, she has rent to pay at the end of the day. She yeah. has, you know, her car installments to pay at the, yeah. day, at the end of the day. So trying to caution that DOP who said that thing or that grips guy who said that thing or it's not a thing. You're messing with my livelihood. Mm-hmm. So she'll just bite the bullet and continue shooting and keep her job. So. Mm-hmm. And about like we've got two like two big mouth, you know, yeah. like nah, 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 sure. nah sure. sure, you can't abide it. Yeah, sure. and so we come across as hey, you know, yeah. they they have fun, yeah. they're not, you know. Yeah. Banta the fun yeah. of like moments. Oh, like, like, you know, when yeah. the Why are you being so like, Yeah, sure. you know? Yeah. When a DOP is trying to impress like an impressionable impressionable young girl yeah. on set, you know, like he can really spread them legs and could just like 
up in arms about that. It's like, no, Kuchu, I'm just like telling them to open the tripod. And I'm like, yeah, but you could have said that. Sure. You could have said open the tripod. Sure. You don't have to say spread them legs. Sure. Like, you didn't. Sure. Like, no, but like the legs of the... I, I get the analogy. Yeah. I get what a tripod is. Sure. I get what the legs of a tripod sure. is. Sure. I get it. But you didn't have to say it yeah. like that. You yeah. could have just said, guys, open the open tripod. Open the tripod. Simple. Sure. Without, so I'm like, without why? You know? Yeah. Yo, like, the, yo, and it is the language. The rapey language on sure, set is sure. just, oh my gosh. And then and then you say that, you know, and then people are like, hey, could you think we're activists in Bahai? Oh gosh, I like pizza. Maybe this is why I haven't actually gotten many things. I was about to ask, <laughs> is this maybe why? <laughs> because people talk, you yeah, know? And yeah. then like, hey, that one, yeah. She's a problem. Don't, like, you must find ways, you must find academic ways of saying, like, you know, slating, you know? Because mm. you know? mm. I will react. I'm yeah. like, what do you mean, fagarating? Yeah. What? Could you like a slate? Like, king of I'm like, no, guys. Sure. You guys, are, you know you guys what you know, what you're doing. know what you're doing. Like, stop. Yeah. It's a choice to stop. speak in these kinds of ways. Stop. And then when you when people don't know you're watching and like they're setting up the frame, you know, but then the frame is being set on like this girl's bum and you're like, what are you doing? Sure. It's time. Sure. It's time. Sure. No, could you just set up? Okay. Go set up your frame then. Yeah. Fine. Yeah. Yeah. Sexualize her. Yes. Like, fine. Sure. Yeah. Sure. I mean, that's what we came to work for, right? Let me bring this back to your writing, right? Mm-hmm. So last year you staged two readings mm-hmm. in a very short space of time um, mm-hmm. the princesses of Askis Jam Street mm-hmm. with the fairy tales that go look at the beginnings of where these characters actually come from and where they actually end up after the happily ever after moment and then zips and scissors which is coming back can I say that? yeah, yeah, yeah. okay cool yeah. zips and scissors which is coming back uh, soon and that being about um, the Cambodian situation that you're speaking about of women being referred to as cloth, right? And or trafficked, yeah. or trafficked yeah. as cloth. So now when you bring it back to the South African art space um, and the language of uh, sexualizing and innuendoizing, if I can use a word like that, in your writing, your characters your characters tend to sort of truly speak for themselves, right? And I, I saw this mostly with the princesses of Askisham Street, where it felt like watching the reading, you were actually watching people living inside bodies that were fully formed, right? So there's this ability to create a rounded sort of opinion and thus character within a particular environment, right? So. Do you draw from the experiences that you're having in the spaces that you are? So, for example, in that TV space when you're when the DOP is speaking in a particular kind of way, do you draw from those experiences in order to influence your writing experience? So, what you didn't get to see in the scripts that were printed yes is that they were copywritten and i wrote them in 2011 2011 sure sure, <laughs> so, sure. um because that was the height of my trafficking experience um, experiences yeah. um 
anti-trafficking. Anti-trafficking. Yeah, ooh, hey, 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 words are important. <laughs> that was the height of my anti-trafficking work. Yeah. So, um, literally, right after writing Revolution Between My Thighs. Um, so, even Revolution Between My Thighs has a sequel where I became concerned about the families. So, this was after watching Taken, right? Mm. And I'm like... How many families have that kind of father sure. who knows like 50,000 languages yeah. and has got access to planes sure. and like, sure. you know, sure. Sure. like this sure. is so not real. Yeah. Yeah. This is not the freaking reality, right? So a girl gets trafficked from Soweto and uh, our girls like get trafficked in-house, right? So not, not, the lure is that you're going overseas. Thailand, Greece, wherever, but the, the, the lure is that you, the prospects, You're gonna go work somewhere. you know, sure. um, beyond Morai, yeah. but they get, like, literally get moved from Nisoweto to a Bloemfontein, from a Polokwane to Joke, you know, so it's, it's, and South Africa is like the hub, so if you imagine this, like, cup, yeah. everybody is, you know, um, so after watching Taken, I was like, uh-uh, and because I'm already deep in this kind of work, there needs to be some kind of reflection of the reality of it, the difficulty of it. So I wrote Still Frame, which um, basically follows the the family of the girl who's trafficked in the revolution between my thighs, right? So you see this, this family, this mom and this dad. Um, like, where do you start looking for your child? Because now, Ndofouna, and the moment they arrive at the location, everything of theirs is, is, is taken. Mm-hmm. So any kind of contact that they have with the outside world, you know, is completely destroyed, destroyed, or rather held. Yeah. Um, just wanting to find out because for a weekend day, and there's there's nothing. You know, and then you get the cops coming in. So they, these two cops that come in, Molorale, um, get a hold, you know. So, so even in the in the titles, um, Molora is just like, eh, she's all yeah. talk and nothing, nothing happens, happens yeah. you know. Um, get a hold, like big shoes, big shoes sure. to fill. And sure. So, how, because already there are many other cases such as this one. So like where do we start? Yeah. So they feel very disempowered as well. Um so many times like the scenes are just like them sitting in silence, you know. Mm. So mama is doing um, and she's got this obsession with ironing, right? So from the beginning of the play, she's just ironing her child's clothes, you know, packing them properly and she's wearing a skirt that is sewn of some of the child's clothing. Um and Papa just keeps, you know, ha- he has this, um, so very uh, taken out of the real, you know, into the abstract, but reality sets in at certain points, you know, so he's got this very stiff, bless you, he's got this stiff, stiff newspaper, and it's massive, it's huge, so he hides behind it quite a lot, you know, because he's also like, as a father, as the man of the house, who is, who has, whose who society has these expectations of like, you know, being able to, you know, find your child. I can't. I, he buries himself in the 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 calamity and the the sort of the disconcerting and the disheartening news, right? Um, but like he's also trying to find hope. Like, is there something in here that? So, anywho, um, yeah, a lot of the scenes are just like them sitting around, like 
Where do we start? Sure. Where do we start? Sure. And so for me, I was also trying to find ways of how we can be more vigilant in society, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So, Tesni, is that her name? Tesni, Tes, one that just recently. I think it's Tesni. Tesni, yeah. right? So, how? How does that happen? Why as a society are we not being vigilant? So I, 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 I get quite taken aback at the stories that we knew that he was and he just came out of jail. I'm not blaming anyone. I'm just asking how, how can we be more vigilant? Yeah. Like, shouldn't we be more vigilant? Um I mean we can't police his movements. But can we? Can we put safe measures, I don't know, some way, somehow, to protect our children? Because, you know, like, his offenses are... One, his offenses are known. Yeah. Secondly, they could happen again. Mm-hmm. He's out on... He was out on what? Was out on parole. Parole, yeah, you know? Yeah. They could happen again. Sure. So, I'm just like, guys... So, my thing then, when I wrote, when I wrote Still Framed, was... We need to we need to have our awareness, man. Like in the same way you have that saying it, it takes a village to raise a child. Yeah. Let's 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 really hold ourselves to that, you know? Yeah. Um Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. yeah. So the princess of Askisham Street sure. came out of realizing it was and it was the research that I did, you know, as part of the masters. Um, after yeah, finding out that all of them were part of a, a trafficking of sorts, you know. Um, and then there's 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 like a spin-off from that one called Daughters of the Moon, mm-hmm. where Cinderella actually takes it upon herself to poison the apple and kill all the girls, you know. Um, she basically like looks for guidance from the moon and says, "What what do I do? Because we cannot continue living like this. There's no escape for us. Like there's there's just no escape. Like we can't run away. And I'm I can't I can't live I can't continue to live like this. And I can't allow the rest of them to continue living like this. Um, this cannot be life. There there has to be something better. And it has to be beyond death. Mm-hmm. You know." So yeah, she decides to kill them all. Mm. Yeah, mm. she poisons these apples and gives them, and then yeah, she frees everybody through mm. suicide, mm. collective suicide. Yeah, mm. and I think that's what we're going to be <laughs> eventually yeah, doing. Yeah, like we're being pushed to that. Right. We're being you know, pushed to that. I feel like it, it's gotten to a point where. A person is afraid to bring life into the world because you just look at sort of the graph and the trajectory of how fast we're plummeting in a certain direction and you're just like, "Mm, do I really want to be responsible for an other in this space? Yeah. Will I be capable with so much, like, so much can just go wrong despite all that you can do to make things perfect in this person's environment things can still come crumbling down and also you can't allow yourself to imprison 
you and yours, you yes, know, yes. in that way. Yeah. You can't live yeah. any fear. <laughs> what's what's your philosophy or like outlook on life in general? Like how do you live your life? What what motivates you to keep on? Things happen as they should. Things happen as they should. Mm. Not necessarily for a reason, as they should. They will unfold, they will manifest, they will be eventual, they, as they should. Mm. Do you ever get anxious? Because I think, I think, oh yeah, yeah I suffer from anxiety. Yeah. <laughs> kind of, you know, two different sides of the spectrum. Yeah, 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 no, anxiety is like a thing. Yeah. Um, but I, I think always trying to find reason to something, to life experiences, is uh, it's taxing, you know. So something happens to you, and it's like, what was the reason for that? Yeah. Why? Why did it have to? You know? Yeah. So, like, what was the purpose? Sure. Was, sure. Uh, I'm not really. Not that I'm not interested in reason, but I think that what was meant to happen happened, and I, for me, it's been very freeing when i when i made that my life's motto like things happen as they should i was very freed there was a sense of like okay so allowing allowing life to happen to you sure, you know sure and where you have control to happen to life but where you have this, control to happen to life so, so where you where you have the control to like be happy, sure. happen to life, sure. you know, sure. and, and, and and attain that happiness, yeah. right? Because you have control over it. But for those that, for those things that we can't control, like this, you know, we can't do anything about it. Sure. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. Pride. Like the child that is trying to be, you know, the mom is shielding every single, like, moment when they fall, when they... Oxalayo, there's going to be a moment where you can't control them, yeah. or you are not even in the space sure. to even control that, yeah. and then they're gonna fall. Yeah. And then what? And then they're gonna burn. Yeah. And then they're gonna, you know. So. So for what you can control, make sure that you have no regrets, because you you made the choice, right? Yeah, you made the choice, so mm. you made it. Mm. Make sure you have no regrets after making that choice. Sure, sure. After you made the choice to listen to today's podcast, I hope that you have no regrets after listening to the first part of my conversation with the awesome, the illustrious, the amazing Kucho Green. So, like I said last week, um, there'd be some new additions to the theater maker in Mzanzi family. So, helping me out in different ways that, you know, make my life a little bit easier are two, two really dope individuals who are stepping up to the bait and, you know, unasked, you know, just people who believe in the vision and just want to see this thing, this podcast, this engagement between you and I become the most amazing thing ever. So joining the team, we have Faye Kabali Kagwa. A round of applause, the most amazing Faye who does a lot of work in the theater space in Cape Town. You can follow her on all the socials. And also we've got Tewazo, Prodigal Son, 
mashishi you know so we've got some some cool critical thinkers coming through to give constructive feedback on the podcast and on the show provide interesting questions and some of the questions that you heard today were actually through direct interactions between myself Faye, and 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 myself and Tavazzo. so more of this will be coming up next week as we continue our conversation with kucho green until then keep listening to this podcast and i'll see you on the other side peace <laughs>